Welcome to Casper's podcast, episode six, Spotlight on the Performing Arts Classroom, featuring Jessica Newey. I'd like to open our program today by sharing the closing statement from the late Ken Robinson, his famed TED Talk, Do Schools Kill Creativity? He speaks of the gift of human imagination and proposes that this will only be nurtured by, and I quote, seeing our creative capacities for the richness they are and seeing our children for the hope they are, and our task is to educate their whole being so that they can face this future. And although we might not see this future, they will, and our job is to make something of it. Today, I have the pleasure to chat with music educator and performer, the lovely Jessica Newey, an exemplary music teacher currently working across a number of primary schools and is a valued member of the Casper team, sharing her expertise in working with the students' vocal program. She's also an industry professional working as a performer, not only as a talented soloist, but also as a frontline singer for a variety of successful bands. Welcome to Spotlight, Jess, and thank you for taking the time to come and chat about the performing arts classroom and beyond. Thanks. Hi, Nancy. Hi. (laughs) I've got to say, Jess, those who've had the pleasure to hear you sing would now no doubt kind of come away thinking, what a magnificent voice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that um, I've heard you sing seems so natural and effortless, and it's wonderful to hear you actually singing across a whole lot of musical styles as well, with so much ease, can I just say. (laughs) I'm not sure if it is, but it certainly sounds that way. So look, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear what actually inspired you to sing and what your love of music and the arts Um, where it started from, who it came from. Awesome. Um, So I loved singing as a kid. I'd always sing Whitney Houston in the back of the car, like every day, scream it. Um, But I didn't realise I really could sing until primary school and I was in choir and I'd always auditioned for solos, but I don't think my choir teacher liked me very much and I never got solos. It was always the same girl that got solos. (laughs) So it came to our presentation night and our school did huge performances for presentation night at Homebush in a massive stadium. It was insane. It was crazy expensive for a school and I was picked for a solo but she gave me the solo of the school song because I think she assumed that I'd be singing with other kids just singing the school song but it turned out I was singing the school song in half time and singing it solo to everybody it was like a one minute solo and that was I think the moment for me that I realized that I really liked performing and singing and so every time after that anything I put my hand up for to sing basically. Oh that's wonderful. It's, yeah. It's, it's wonderful that it actually starts at school and a lot of people I think uh, that we've spoken to actually in Spotlight have said that sometimes it's a, it's a school that actually inspires yeah, definitely. people to continue. And what else has been happening in your musical kind of journey or people that have you know, inspired you along the way? Um, perfect. So from that, my high school music teacher was like, oh, you sing, come and join stage band. So I was doing stage band with Matt Corby because we went to school together and we'd always sing together. And then from that, I just kept singing at school, I was like the kid that was annoying because I was always on stage singing. I had zero confidence, though. I would always sing with my head down and, like, my shoulder tucked into my head and not confident at all. I think it was after school my music teachers kept in contact with me and they got me my first gigs singing out in public and everything, and I think that was the moment, yeah, where 
I kept on going with everything. That's always a bit of a challenge, isn't it? When you start off not confident and someone really needs to tell you that you can do it yes. and then push you along. So Definitely. That's wonderful. That's really great. And look, I know uh, as a, a teacher of music in, um, in quite a few primary schools around, around mm. the place, you've been particularly inspirational when it comes to musicals. Getting, yes. <laughs> and getting people inspired and seeing the value of, of actually putting on a school musical. You've actually been a bit of a pioneer and actually inspired <laughs> lots of other schools to kind of take that on board. So tell us kind of where that might have started and, you know, why you pushed that idea mm. of a school musical. I was never a musical theatre person at school at all. I was always bands and everything. Um, and then I was working at a school and they wanted to put on a musical the following year. And I was like, I can sing, I can help out with the singing, but I'm not sure about the acting. And the principal at the time was like, why don't you call Casper and they can see if they can help us along with everything. And basically it was such an amazing journey. Like everyone in the school got together. There was so much that went into it, which I didn't realise. And the kids got such a kick out of it, the acting, the singing, the costumes, the makeup, and even the teachers got amongst the community. And it just, it worked really well. And I think after that, the school was like, okay, every second year we're doing musicals and that's it. And so... So they really valued, um, I guess there's a lot of learning that happens, as you say, you, you might start as might be your ideal, you know, one from one person, but it actually encompasses a lot of other teachers to be on board, mm. probably the principal, I imagine, yes, totally. on the financial sense, and be valuing the education um, that comes through all those skill developments. So that's fantastic. And what musicals have you done so far? I've done Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz. This year we were going to do The Little Mermaid and we're doing Aladdin as well this year. So I've got two schools doing musicals this year, hopefully, if we can go ahead with everything <laughs> with the current situation. That's fantastic. What have you seen kind of from the students' point of view? Like what growth have they had maybe through doing a musical? Um, it's really amazing. Like you see the kids that don't really excel in the classroom. Like they're not the best, they're not the top at maths, they're not the top of English. And then they realise that they've got this creative side to them that no one's really tapped into before. And these kids just flourish and they become so different, like on the playground in the classroom when they real like there's a confidence about them when they realise they've got this thing that they're really talented at and they can do really well and they're performing. And it's just such an important thing for the development of a child, I think. It's certainly very satisfying as a teacher, isn't it? Yes, when you, definitely. You feel like you've um, been confident in themselves because that's really what, what we want them to be doing. Mm, definitely. Fantastic. We've had some changing circumstances lately, thanks COVID, <laughs> and I guess that's impacted um, on classroom quite a bit. So in, in your classroom music teaching, and I guess wider than that, even the musical itself, what have you found kind of that you've had to adapt perhaps with the delivery of things or how students have reacted to, to that? It's been very interesting, especially music. I found when we went remote with music, it was really, really tough. My main thing with music is keep it fun and keep it practical, which was really hard to do over a computer. Um, having the kids back now, it's good, but we've got to sanitise all the instruments before we use them, <laughs> sanitise all the ukuleles. We have to, we're not allowed to sing anymore, so all my primary, like my little kindy stuff, we've had to change to instruments. But it's been a process and we're getting through it. <laughs> I'm sure you're keeping them inspired in different ways. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and keeping the, the, the joy of music kind of alive so that they can see that happening. Schools being a creative place, now I think we've been struggling for quite a number of years, I guess, with people valuing music education in the arts in general, really in schools. What's been happening recently, we've found with our own system here at uh, Sydney Catholic Schools, 
is that the music education is kind of coming up uh, on top of the list, which is fantastic. So just knowing what that might mean for our, our students. So how do you see kind of basically music education going forward? It's been really exciting. All the schools that I've been at have really pushed for the creative arts. So I've been very lucky. I've been really supported and with all the musicals and everything and everyone's really on board with everything, which is amazing. I think it's a really important part of kids' education. I know that I did music in primary and I didn't really enjoy it. I feel like a lot was based on theory rather than practical. So that's why when I teach music, I make sure the kids have a lot of fun. We get to play instruments. We play lots of games, like musical games. We get to dance, just anything that's really enjoyable for them. So I think, yeah, music's really important for the kids. And it's and as you say, it's great that um, the value is being acknowledged, I think, from executive level too. So because yes. you need that support from everyone as well. So Ken um, kind of also says creativity is as important as literacy and we should treat it with the same status. So um, as I said, we've, we're still having to kind of uh, wave that flag a little bit. Not every school kind of has that kind of uh, embracing of the, the value of it, and I guess we, we just got to keep kind of doing that. How about, think about this one. Okay. Um, are there messages that you would give your students who might want to consider a career in the music industry, for example? Yes, a massive I wasn't good at my theory all through high school. I thought if I could sing, that was enough. So I know that when I wanted to go to uni and study music, I didn't have the theory to back me. So I sat with a tutor and I learned all my theory so I could get into my music program. So yes, perform and meet as many people as possible, but make sure you have the base of knowing your stuff, your theory. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Kind of goes hand in hand a little bit, doesn't it? And bring you a bit further along the line. Just flicking over to your your other love, <laughs> and that's performing. Yeah, I know that you are a frontline singer uh, for a number of bands. And all, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just tell us a little bit about that. Maybe where you've played, who you've, what kind of styles that you just sing. Yeah. So I'm really lucky. I've done lots of different stuff. I freelance a lot, so I do duos, trios, and I've got a band that I play with all the time. And there's a, it's a nine piece. So we've got the trumpets and the brass section. And then we've got the keys, the drums. So it's really fun. We do a lot of party stuff. So jazz, soul, a lot of soul R&B and just anything that's generally fun that we all hit out together. It's really fun. Yeah. And, and what, what sorts of joys do you get out of that? Like, like as if I wouldn't know, but yeah. <laughs> the things that you yeah. really, yeah. Performing's amazing, but at the same time, when it becomes a job, it also becomes quite challenging at the same time, like working till midnight on your Saturday nights when all your friends are hanging out and you don't get to see anybody or doing a whole day teaching and then rushing to a gig, getting ready in the car and then singing till midnight. Like it's a, it's, it's a big day, but I wouldn't swap it for anything. So, Jess, what would you be doing right now if it wasn't for your music and teaching career? Well, when I finished school, I didn't get into music the first year because my theory wasn't amazing. So I started a <laughs> commerce law degree, which I'm so glad I left. Um, so I'd probably be in a suit in an office somewhere. And is there anything that you think that you could share with people to say, say well, being, being a performer, I've learnt this And now I can actually bring this back to the classroom and kind of teach slightly differently because I know what it's like to be a performer. Is there anything that translates easily? I think definitely with performing, it's something you just have to do over and over again to become more confident with. So I know a lot of kids, they're scared to come up and show something that we've been working on together. And they're they're like, I'm too nervous to do it. I'm like, the only way you're going to get better is to do it more often. I know it sounds like horrible advice, but trust me, the more you get up there, the more confident you'll get with it. So just keeping at it, not trying to be too shy and embarrassed by it. 
because people aren't really judging you as much as you're judging yourself, I don't think. Mm, people are more supportive than you actually think they are. That's true. That's absolutely true. And if you had to work with somebody, like collaborate with someone that you really Ooh. would love to work with, is there anyone that kind of comes to mind? Brian McKnight. I know it's an obscure oh. <laughs> one, but I'm such a sucker for 90s R&B <laughs> and Brian McKnight is amazing. So he did such amazing love ballads and Oh, and he's an amazing keyboard player, so definitely Brian McKnight. Awesome. And and singing styles, as I said at the very beginning, you really seem to tap into different musical genres. Is that something also that you would probably give a message to, let's say, in music education, making sure that there's variety perhaps? or Yeah, definitely getting the kids to listen to a lot of different artists and different types of music. I know for my own music development listening to a broad range of different artists and different styles was huge because I'd steal licks from different artists that I'd pick up and then you could pick up different styles from different people but you just really need to be out there listening and we're so lucky with the internet nowadays and Spotify and we can just listen to whatever we want at any time because I know like back in the day some of the people I gig with they'd have to sit by their radio and press record on a tape if they had to learn a song to do a gig. Everything's available for us now so there's no excuse not to be listening to everything and anything. And I guess as you said, you steal or, or let's say that you um, <laughs> borrow you borrow, or um, yeah, paraphrase it slightly. But you also, by looking at different um, styles, etc. when you get children to then compose, let's say, that as, which is part of their music education, mm. that might doesn't become easier for them once they've listened to different, different types. stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, lo- I find a lot of the kids nowadays, they're all listening to the same style of music and they start to sing like the artists they're listening to and it's not technically the best way to be singing so it's good to open up yourself to listen to a lot of different styles and that's what I do with the kids I make sure that we listen to lots of different things and if we're composing we're trying to compose in different styles or we're performing in different styles we're doing using different kind of instruments so that they're getting experience at everything. I like the fact that you've actually mentioned something about students wanting to sound like someone else What's the message that you would like to give them about that one? (laughs) Just because they're famous doesn't mean they're amazing. (laughs) A lot of the new artists, they're they're singing from their throat nowadays and it's really husky and it's a really terrible thing for your voice to try and, like, copy. Like, I've noticed a lot of children are now singing auto-tuned because that's all they've heard. Like, through the early thousands, everything was auto-tuned and they're singing with this kind of inflection that almost sounds auto-tuned. But now everything's Triple J, so it's a bit different and everyone's kind of singing husky and raspy. So, And there's only one Beyonce, right? And yes, so. correct, <laughs> one Queen Bee. Do you have any pieces of advice or messages that you'd like to offer those who might want to look towards a career in music education, for example? Definitely. So when I went to uni, I studied music education, which was secondary music. The whole time I was at uni, I had in my head, I'm going to be teaching HSC music and performance And then when I got out there looking for jobs, it's really hard and tricky to find music education jobs because in a high school, you only have one music teacher and a job popped up at a primary school. And I was like, all right, like I'll I'll give it a crack. And my first lesson was kindy. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) So I've gone from like 15 year olds to five year olds. And it was such a different world. Like kids are coming up to you all snotty and their teeth are coming out of their faces and toilet stops. <laughs> toilet, they're all grabbing your hand, touching your feet. Well, something I wasn't used to, but I'm so glad that I tried something that I wasn't I hadn't tried before because I would wouldn't swap it for the world. I'm loving primary music. 
Oh, it's beautiful. And I guess that engagement uh, that they have. They are so they're innocent. so excited. Yeah. So excited. Awesome. So the kids see me and they like, get so excited to see me. So it makes me feel good I about myself. I understand that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So the internet obviously has made a big change and an impact um, in delivering music education on every level. So is there anything particularly that you've used by technology or you hope to use kind of in the future that you might want to use in that music education field? iPads have been amazing to use GarageBand so kids can start composing and just playing around. Only problem is when the iPads aren't charged and there's a whole (laughs) bunch of issues trying to get enough of the kids or the work they were working on was on an iPad and now that's not working and a whole range of issues that come with it. But it's been really good for the kids to have some creativity and able to have some independence on what they're doing rather than I'm telling them you must listen to this and that's it. So it's awesome that the kids get to compose and do what they feel or what they're feeling creative towards. Are there other programs that you might be using as well, like maybe for recording? So I also use GarageBand for recording, which, which is, is great. The, yeah. yeah, so yeah. oh, that's another thing. So it's been amazing pre-recording the kids before a performance. Like it's like it's amazing. So a lot of the choir will sing and will pre-record or performances because I know a lot of the time at school you're performing outside and the kids' voices just go nowhere when there's a whole audience. So if you can pre-record some kids singing and then press play, it sounds like they're really going hard when the performance is on. <laughs> and they can do live on top of it. Which and is they just do get, live on yeah, top, yeah. Right, it's just a, some support. It gives them support because they get to do, they do get nervous when they have to sing on their own. So it does, it's nice as a bass underneath them as well. And did you have to use anything uh, like that technology-wise, I guess, when the kids were actually at home <laughs> doing some remote learning? Did you kind of tap into any of that? I tried to. I mainly tried to make it a bit more hands-on with the kids. So make your own instrument, create a rhythm and perform with your instrument or with your siblings from the instruments you made or make a water xylophone and try to make a song out of that. So I tried to keep it more practical. There were some great things online. I just wasn't sure what the internet situation would be for the kids at home and with their siblings and everything. And I knew if I made it fun that the kids would actually do it because I feel like music they might have been like oh I don't have to do it today that was amazing so I got sent so many videos of amazing performances and everything so it was great good thinking so they actually yeah great so they actually um submitted their videos and what um, platform did you use actually for them to a few different ones so Google Classroom was my main one that I used yeah but there was also Seesaw and a whole bunch of other things that some classes did yeah which varied from different schools fantastic that's great so I know that um, singing is kind of a little bit on the back burner at the moment, but uh, when we get back to choir. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it's having, so sad. It is a little sad. We all sing in the shower now. Definitely, and awesome. the car. <laughs> so what type of repertoire or any particular songs actually that you think these have been really great hits for our kids? Is there anything that comes to mind? or? Oh, yes. So I like to bring my own personal favourites in, I think. Things from Sister Act are amazing, like Oh Happy Day. I love that song. Joyful, Joyful. But I try and bring a variety of different songs because the kids always come with ideas of pop songs that they want to do that are current on the radio. And I find a lot of current things aren't necessarily great to sing on. 
So I try to bring in the old school kind of stuff, which the kids at the beginning are like, I don't want to sing this. This is, I don't like this. And then they start singing like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm enjoying this. So I try to bring some old stuff, but keep it fresh for them as well with some new stuff as well. Otherwise you kind of lose them. It sounds like you've got a nice blend, you know, offering them some, you know, to speak and also, as you say, some of your faves as well. Yes. And there's reasons behind it as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely getting the children to sing in the right key <laughs> <laughs> and not, not like a, you know, adult male. <laughs> but, um, oh, look, that's wonderful. Look, a huge thank you to you for sharing your musical journey. You've inspired uh, lots of teachers and students and others in you know, the wider community and I think we just need to keep thinking about embracing and nurturing the value of music and, indeed, you do that so well. So thank you so much, Jess, for spending time to chat with us today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you are my treasure. You are my treasure. You are my treasure. Yeah, you 